What's up, my boxless brothers and sisters? I have some exciting news to tell you. I have started a online community at theboxlessnutshell.com. It is still sort of in the works, but you should be able to go there and at least see the the starting the starting page. There will be a comment section at the bottom of the podcast page. So you can listen to all the podcasts directly on the website now. And at the very bottom, you can comment. There will also be a forum, sort of like a Facebook news feed. I'm trying to figure out a way to have a members only. It's not going to cost anything uh, for now. And probably for a while, but I like the member idea because I want it to be a safe place where we can go there and dialogue and know that whatever we say will be safe among other men who follow Jesus. What I want to talk about today, though, is a very simple topic, and it's just about gathering. I've mentioned this before in other podcasts, but I want to talk specifically about things that I feel like are are not really done very well in the church, and that is just how they organize their events for men. I was reminded of this. I'm, I'm sort of constantly thinking about this as an issue that the church seems to just never get right, but I was reminded when actually my church did a men's morning breakfast. The thing that bothers me about how it's done is mainly how infrequently it's done. It seems like churches have these events once every six months, maybe. Sometimes it's once every three months. Once a month, I think, would be great. It's just very rare to see that. And... My church does well because it's in a decent area, and so they have a decent amount of money. Now, they give a lot to missions and overseas and the the homeless in the city, and so I think that I'm not against the ways that I've seen them use the money. I don't think they put it into the building in ways that aren't good for just the family, like the, the daycare and, and things like that. They're not building giant stained glass windows that cost $80 million like this other church that's nearby. It's just completely unnecessary. So I I feel like typically they do use the money well, but this breakfast cost $12 and it really irked me because I think we have enough money to be buying a few cartons of eggs and some bacon and some orange juice for a couple hundred guys, maybe. And that was sort of my take on that, that it made me feel like we really don't matter, that the men of the body of Christ don't really matter to the church. Not in the way that that we reference community. And it should. If we're supposed to be the leaders of the house, then we need to be able to have a haven, a get out from the hubbub of life, the busyness, get together and just be dudes together for a minute. And if it's happening once every six months 
and you're charging us for it, it just seems like it's not a priority for you. Now, we could be doing this on our own too. The problem is we don't do a very good job at this. I've actually recently changed my opinion on golf. Not that I had a really strong one, but I used to say like, how come we always have to get together and watch football and play golf and drink beer? I have an episode called We Don't Need Beer for Brotherhood, and that is mainly just to say, why are we always drinking beer? Not that it's wrong. And it's about the contrast, right? That that we're getting together, we're drinking beer, we're, we're watching football, we're playing golf, and we're not we're not just getting together and talking about Jesus, talking about hard times. And it's largely because men don't typically do that. We need to sort of be like kind of coaxed into it, you know. And so I've changed my opinion on golf about this a little bit because golf is really conducive to just some one-on-one time. You know, you hop in the cart and you're chatting about what's going on in life. Brian Regan does a great joke on this where he comes home and his wife says, how was Bob? And he says, good, I guess. And she's like, you went golfing with him today, right? Yeah. And you don't know how he's doing? I guess it didn't come up. (laughs) Well, is he dating anyone? (laughs) I don't know. She's like, how is it possible that didn't come up? And he goes, how is it possible it would come up? In his backswing, right? Getting ready to tee off. Hey, that's good. That's about a 200, 300 yards. I think a one wood is good for that. Hey, are you dating anyone? <laughs> it's funny the way that he delivers it. But there really is a lot of moment where you're maybe walking the green or you're just riding in the cart and there's little moments. And especially if you're with a team and, and you get you know paired up with someone else and, and they're teeing off and then you're sitting there waiting for your turn and you just have like these kind of little moments where you can talk. I like it. I like it. And I think that men seem to need something with the intimacy. Like we need to be doing something together in in, in order to kind of provide that environment where we'll then share personal things. And in in college, in the Navigators, it was very easy for us. We would meet at Starbucks, we'd grab some coffee, and we'd just start talking about personal things. But we had been also trained to do that and taught by our director that that it was manly to share your heart with one another and to encourage one another. And it was biblical. So, you know, we didn't feel like a couple of ladies gabbing about whatever because we had been taught that that's okay. So some of you out there need to be told it's okay to not do another thing while you're sharing your hearts with one another. The other thing that I think is important is sometimes we don't have a strong faith in Jesus outside of our identity as father and husband. And some of that's to no fault of your own. If you weren't a part of a college ministry or some sort of brotherhood in your 20s when you were first realizing that you suck at some things, then you maybe didn't seek out other dudes that were 
that were feeling the same way. And maybe you didn't have an older man coming alongside saying, hey, it's okay for you to cry once in a while when this, that, and the other is hard. And so we had that. And then when we got out of college, we started to seek that and not find it. And that was really frustrating. And so for for me personally, as someone that is geared more toward the sensitive side and being willing to share and open up, I was like scaring guys away because I, you know, we'd hang out and I'd be like, how's your heart? (laughs) Uh, Or what's Jesus been speaking to you about lately? And I admit that even as I've gone along, especially with kids, that I oftentimes just don't spend time with Jesus. I don't want to wake up before 7 a.m. And, you know, you you wake up or 6.30 or whatever it is that I'm getting up. I think I have my alarm set for 6.30 and I'll, I'll hit snooze a couple times, get up, wake up the kids, get dressed, go down, make their breakfast make their lunches, try not to yell at them when they're not brushing their teeth. And, you know, they're at the point where they need to start putting on deodorant. I mean, it's a lot. And I mentioned my daughter was just recently diagnosed with diabetes. So she's having breakfast. She's having some meat, which is free. If you know anything about diabetes, no carbs, but she'll have like a breakfast sandwich or some pancakes. And then in in those cases, uh, which is, Fairly often, she has to take a shot. So we're doing that as well in our morning routine. Filling up the water and making sure that all the homework is in the backpack. And and do they have a snack? And talking about whether or not they can have a fruit by the foot today because they had one yesterday or something. I don't know. All these things take a while. And it's almost another podcast. But I, I just want to share my empathy for not feeling like you have time to spend with Jesus individually. But if you didn't ever do that in the first place, then you might not even know what you're missing, right? And I want to encourage you guys that men getting together with other men and sharing their heart is probably the most powerful thing you will do outside of just your one-on-one time with Jesus. You need to realize that your relationship with Jesus is not just wrapped up in you being a father and a husband. Those are huge. But if you're, let's let's take this case. There's there's a friend. I've I've known several people like this actually. They're raised Catholic. They meet a Christian girl. They maybe never took their faith that seriously, so they were challenged that their Catholicism didn't really encourage an individual relationship with Jesus. And maybe there wasn't a lot of practicality to living out their faith. And so they ended up kind of converting to some sort of Protestant belief, whether it's like a non-denominational or a Presbyterian or Baptist or something, but just that has more of a community kind of walking out your faith kind of thing. And then they converted and they be, and they started to, to study and learn and be a part of like how to be a good husband, you know, how to be a good leader in your home, how to encourage your kids to think about heavenly things as they go through struggles in life. And I think these things are beautiful. The problem is, though, that that this guy never really had that individual relationship first. It when it really kicked off was when he got married. 
And then everything since has been very much surrounding the family atmosphere. And they kind of skipped that whole like, I suck in life and I need Jesus part of their life. And it's not too late for them. It's just harder to see it, that it's missing because, you know, they shouldn't see themselves out, outside of being a husband or or father per se. I mean, they, they should, but not like, not separated from it, you know, because that's who they are now and that's their life and that's their very practical calling. Uh, and sometimes when I think about what am I called to, and I miss ministry so much, especially college students. Oh, I miss it. I miss it so much. You know, God reminds me a large part of my calling now is to be a good dad and to be a good husband. So it's good. I just want to encourage you guys to recognize if your church is only having events for men once every six months, that's not good. And, you know, you don't need to go and like cause a ruckus. Maybe you need to start something. Maybe you need to go to your church and say, hey, can we create an event? And this is a pet peeve that I have with my church. If you ask to sort of, you're like, hey, I want to create an event where like we're all going to a baseball game. If you live, you know, close to a team or football game or a soccer game or something. And you could even pick like a golfing event or something. Pick the, the cheaper country club, right? It's 20 or 30 bucks for you know, nine or 18 holes, not like the really fancy place that you have to be a member of or whatever it is, right? Find something that's an event that is also conducive to talking and try to create it. And so my church won't make flyers for something that an individual is doing and put it on the, you know, on the information table bothers the ever living snot out of me, but no church is perfect. So I'm just sort of giving you examples if your church is only doing it and they're like charging money, you could do the same thing, right? Like if your church is not offering this sort of like free breakfast thing where men can go and hang out and maybe there's a speaker and, 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 and that part is good, right? That maybe you're not going to be able to do yourself. If you're going to first watch, you're not going to have someone stand up in the middle of first watch and start giving a sermon, you know, but that's not the important stuff that I'm, that I'm saying is missing. The important stuff that's missing is the shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder conversation. And you can do that at first watch, right? And Or Waffle House or IHOP or something, anywhere. Pick a place. Try to invite some guys. Get to know a few. Figure out the ones that actually are like showing you that they're kind of craving it. And sometimes it's like you could see it, but they're not really sure what they're missing. So just start a conversation ask them how their faith is, ask them how their family is, ask them how often they've been getting it in the word, ask them if they feel like Jesus has been speaking to them, ask them about what and where in the Bible, you know, like, is it in John? Is it in Romans? Is it in Leviticus? Is it in Samuel? Is it in Psalms? Where are they reading? When's the last time they feel like God was speaking to them? What's something they'd like God to speak into that they're not sure how to ask about and they're not sure maybe where to look in Scripture to find an answer for. These are great conversations, right? Go camping. Do a camping trip. Now, that's hard with kids, right? Can you afford a babysitter? Does your wife also work? So this is hard. Do your in-laws live nearby enough and can they take the kids 
for an entire day. These things are really hard, right? And they're really helpful to make sure that we have these kind of interactions. Help with the kids. It helps to have friends who have kids that get along. It helps to have couple friends where the wives get along and the husbands get along. Someone once said, that's four relationships that need to work in order for that interaction to work. That's hard. I've had situations where one of one of my closest friends, his wife and I have never really clicked to the point where like, sometimes I'm not even sure if she likes me, <laughs> right? But it's not like bad. It's not it's not uncomfortable. It used to be when I was like really needy and I needed to know like, how do I become friends with, with this person? How do I make sure that they like me? Hey, we tolerate each other and I, th I think that she likes me, but maybe we're just like not clicking like buddies. I've got another friend, his wife and I are buddies, but you know, we don't spend time one-on-one, -on -one, but when the four of us are together, it's very organic. It's very easy. And that's really nice, but it's also very rare. So don't look for that. If, if you stumble into that, fantastic. And I, I mean, you should look for it. You should be able to do like a date night that's not just with you, with, with, that's with a, a couple friend. I think that is so powerful. So powerful. Because then you're talking about real life together. Kids and school and struggles and homework and whatever's going on. I've got a couple friend and we both, uh, the husband in, in that relationship and that family and myself will relate on just frustration and even anger and times you want to yell at the kids and times you do yell at the kids and then you feel bad about it and they're not listening and you don't know why and the wives are like oh, I wish you wouldn't yell so much well I'm trying and you know and and it's it's a balance it's a struggle and you're you're working through it together and it's nice to have others that you can relate with on that front but if you can't find that it's okay to just find another husband in another family that you connect with and the wives don't have to be friends. You just have to find people that you do connect with that will encourage you and spur you on toward Jesus, right? That will challenge you in your faith, that will encourage you. It's okay if you find someone that maybe is not as far along in their walk. So the ideal situation is that you find someone that's maybe not as far along in their walk to help you find someone that is as far along in their work in, in their walk to encourage you. So they're they're kind of different. It's nice to have someone that has about the same amount of understanding and maybe find someone that's wiser than you. When you get to a certain age in your forties and whatnot, discipleship is a little different. You're maybe not finding someone that you're meeting with that's just like teaching you and mentoring you. If you can find that, that's cool. But I think it's more important because we don't have a lot of time in our lives, right? In our weeks, in our days. I think it's more important to find someone that is going to encourage you in truth. And if you say something that they know scripture and they can challenge you if you need to be challenged or just encourage you. If you find someone that you really connect to that is maybe more of a baby Christian or just a younger Christian as far as understanding scripture and even knowing Jesus and the character of God, that's okay too, right? They're not going to they're not going to be like your baby brother. They just might not be able to challenge you at the same level as far as like, you know, doctor, doc, 
doctrinally or theologically. And that's okay. You just need that camaraderie. You need it. And if the church isn't doing it, you need to try and create it. Challenge your church to allow you to create things. You don't have to be the leader of it. Just, we're going to this baseball game. We're going camping. We're going on this whatever. You could do a whitewater rafting trip or something. doesn't have to be a big excursion. It could be we're starting to meet every Monday morning or Sunday morning or Saturday morning or whatever is... I know it seems to make sense to do things at like but o'clock in the morning on Saturdays. If that's when it makes the most sense, fine. And that's usually when churches do it, which is fine. But it should be once a month. If it costs money because it's once a month, fine. If it's once every six months and it still costs money, to me that communicates that you don't really give a crap about men getting together. That's how. That's what that communicates to me. Maybe I'm being judgmental. But we don't have to wait for them to create it for us, right? Let's create something. Let's create a brotherhood of authentic men pursuing Jesus. It's going to get a little uncomfortable at times. That's okay. Remember when you were 25, when you were still making friends. Tap into that a little bit. If you have nobody in your life, and do something. Let's do something. All right. Thank you for listening. That's about all I got for today. This is the Boxless Nutshell. I'm James Arthur, and we'll see you next time.